you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, and this is a new intro for Locked On Mizzou. How about that music? You like it? I know it's been over a year with the previous song, so I know change is difficult, but appreciate Doug Brantz and all the hard work you did to put that together for me quickly. And you know what? I like that disembodied female voice as well. It's nice to get a woman's touch on this show, don't you think? And you know what else is nice? Built Bar, because they're sponsoring this show. And you know what you should do? Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. And on today's show, Eli Drinkwitz spoke with the press over Zoom, as is our new normal in this weird college football landscape. And he talked about the new wide receivers on the team, including a promising walk-on who has really been making some plays in camp so far. Also, how this the new NCAA ruling about essentially giving all these fall athletes a free year of eligibility, how does that affect Mizzou and college football in general? And also, Eli gave us a bit of a window into what his pro-tempo offense is really referring to. But you know what? i got to lead with my boy Tyler Macon because over at Rivals.com, I would say arguably the biggest, certainly the biggest premium football recruiting site out there, has now bumped up Mr. Tyler Macon up to four stars. And for the uninitiated, Tyler Macon, East St. Louis quarterback, committed to Missouri this past fall. And, well, when Blake Stark and I, my frequent co-host, came on here, our big question was, why isn't this guy four stars? What are we missing? Shouldn't he be ranked a lot higher? Because, by golly, he could do it all. Throw accurately, throw the ball deep, And he can throw on the move, too. And another thing to note, he's now moved up on rivals as the 11th best dual-threat quarterback in the nation. Now, some of you have heard my rant on dividing kids into dual-threat quarterbacks and pro-style quarterbacks. I'm just not really sure how much value that really adds, especially in 2020 when almost everyone needs to be able to move around in the pocket and escape on third and 10 when they go pure man coverage. At least do something like that. And then on top of that, in reality, let's say you're Missouri. and Brad Smith's senior year, you've got this kid named Chase Daniel who's looking really good. Well, you're not going, hey, who's our best dual threat and who's our best pro style? No, you're trying to figure out who of those two players is going to run your offense the best regardless of their play style. But regardless, I won't go too far down that rant again because I know I've done it before but just wanted to acknowledge Tyler Macon people nationally continuing to see what we saw early last fall so you know what right now I'm taking a victory on that one but of course Tyler Macon will be seeing the field for the Tigers in 2021 at the absolute earliest so let's talk about 2020 shall we and well there's been a lot of talk about the NCAA's ruling, and this is now a final decision. This is no longer speculation. Essentially, every football player that chooses to play or not play this fall is not going to burn a year of eligibility on this season. So what does that specifically mean for the Missouri Tigers going forward? Well, 
Eli Drinkwitz was asked that question yesterday, and here's what he had to say. Um, I really don't have an opinion on it just because they didn't ask my opinion and it's already been mandated, so there's no reason to state an opinion other than to get in trouble on Twitter, which I prefer not to do. done that plenty. Um, you know, no, I don't really approach the season any different. Um, you know, it, it is a free season with the op- opportunity, but, you know, we've got seniors and juniors that want to put good tape out there so they can get their NFL evaluations. Um, and we're trying to earn positions. Uh, it, it won't affect – I mean, obviously there's no such thing as a red shirt, but there is a travel squad. So uh, you're still going to have to make the travel squad. And at home games we can only play 80 people. So, you know, it, it – yeah. I mean, we, we weren't planning on red shirt very many people. We, we got 81 scholarships because the NCAA felt like that was what's best for uh, Mizzou and about nine other penalties. All right. Sarcasm at the – and a little shade at the NCAA aside there at the end of Eli's – statement but really the most interesting thing or maybe the most notable things to note there are that indeed Missouri is down four scholarship players from the usual NCAA maximum of 85 down to 81 you noticed Eli was saying well we weren't planning on red shirting a lot of guys but just as a reminder for the first time last season you could play in up to three games and still preserve your red shirt status for that year and that's why for example Connor Basilak is able to maintain last season as a red shirt year for him so essentially this is going to be a free red shirt season for everyone now you notice that Eli talked about the travel squad well just on the road again as a road game there is a limited amount of people that you can take now you can play up to 80 guys as the home team and I believe that's true on the road as well but the way this works on the travel squad especially teams like Missouri who may not have as big of a budget as Alabama and LSU are going to try to take fewer guys than that so just to cut down on expenses quite simply now going forward if we assume that Missouri will come off of probation get back up to its usual 85 scholarship limit Well, you can also add up to 25 new scholarship players each offseason in the recruiting cycle. So in theory, Missouri could have 110 football players, and every school obviously, could field up to 110 players on scholarship. But now the obvious question becomes, if you were budgeted for all these years to be an 85 scholarship school, and it goes up to 110 for a year, two years, I'm not three years down the road, however long this might play itself out. Well, what is the cost of that? And can you afford that? Because, you know, putting a guy on football scholarship, especially an additional 25 players, that's no small, that's no small expense. So especially if, again, you've you're like Missouri and you just spent a whole bunch of money on new stadium upgrades and you just got hit with probation the previous year, didn't get your bowl revenue. Now you're looking at less revenue via attendance from COVID-19. I don't know. The reality is, is while, yeah, you're going to be able to maybe get up to 110 players, for instance, in 2021, 2022, I think it'll be really interesting to see how many coaches actually take advantage of that. So just something to watch moving forward. And I will certainly be interested in seeing what happens. And you know what? On the other side of the break, I do want to discuss 
this topic even a little bit further in depth. Also, Eli on the new wide receivers and, of course, Pro Tempo. But first, got to tell you all about Built Bar. Yes, our friends at Built Bar are back with six brand-new flavors on top of the excellent dozen flavors that they had before. The good news is the new stuff, well, it's got the, all the advantages of the old stuff. It's high in protein, low in sugar. All, the, all that great news is still there, but even better, oh, yes, those new flavors are quite good. Personally, I can't get enough of the cookies and cream. In fact, to the point where I probably need to limit myself to one a day. Let's be completely honest about it. But you know what? You'll be unlimited like Russell Wilson if you take up Built Bar on our, our, our offer. To go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your very next order. Yes, that's right. Not your first order, but your next order. So again... Promo code locked on, builtbar.com. Get your $10 off. Now, while this part of the new reality has not been finalized, it's looking like the NCAA is expecting to pass a one time transfer waiver prior to the upcoming academic year. So, for this football season, if you want to transfer after this year, you're basically, you don't have to sit out the year. So, everybody's a grad transfer, essentially. And you know what? That could affect Missouri because we've already seen that Eli's willing to take on some transfers, whether it's Kiki Chisholm, Damon Hazleton, et cetera, et cetera. The, the center from Rutgers, whose exact, the exact pronunciation of his name is escaping me at the moment. I apologize. But I think you'll, you'll look, at, look for Missouri to keep a few spots open for that transfer market for sure. And also one thing to note, Eli kind of references a bit the three years that you have to wait, three years after high school in order to go to the NFL, well, that's not changing. That isn't affected whatsoever. So this extra year of eligibility, very, very extremely unlikely to not affect Nick Bolton, for instance, who's a projected first-round pick at the moment. Or frankly, it may not even affect a guy like Kobe Whiteside, defensive tackle or cornerback Jarvis Ware, who... Certain coaches, certain people have talked them up as having NFL potential. And maybe even especially a guy like Larry Roundtree the third, a running back who is a senior this season. Do we think he's going to be back for 2021 in another season? Because I really don't. Now, on one hand, while Larry Roundtree, if he gets that fifth year, he'll be able to pass Brad Smith possibly as the all-time leading rusher in Missouri history. I think he needs, I don't know, 1300 yards or something he can do that in two years for sure but I don't know if I'm Larry Roundtree and I have possible aspirations maybe I want to try to at least get on get into a training camp make an impression in the NFL I think he's probably better going the Henry Josie route and foregoing that final year of eligibility despite the maybe long shot that he has to make the NFL but that's just my feeling about it. And by the way, since we were on the topic of Nick Bolton, Nick named second-team preseason All-American by the Associated Press. So certainly that first-round grade, well, that lines up with that, doesn't it? By the way, tomorrow we will be exactly one game, sorry, one month away from the start of the Missouri season against Alabama. And believe it or not, there's still no word 
on who gets to attend these football games at Faro Field. Honestly, I wish I knew anything. I wish I had any inside information on this. It seems like nobody knows anything. I've been shooting some birdies up, and you know what? They've all come back, these carrier pigeons, empty-handed or empty-beaked, if you will. But, well, for Missouri's second game, already mentioned that Tennessee is going to have similar percentage capacity, about 25% as Mizzou, but the Vols did announce that they are going to allow limited tailgating. It sounds like it's going to be limited to the people you plan to attend the game with. Now, how they're going to enforce all of this, I'm not sure, but those are the guidelines anyway. Let's put it that way. Also, you're supposed to stay in your own 10 by 10 foot teat, foot tent, not teat, <laughs> 10 by 10 foot teat. That's quite a teat. But seriously, though, you're supposed to stay in your own little area, behind your car, keep your masks on when you're not eating, social distancing, blah, blah, blah. So while I think most assume that Mizzou wouldn't be having any type of tailgating around the stadium this year, I don't know. If Tennessee's going forward with it, maybe Mizzou will too. I guess we'll just have to see. i got to imagine we'll find out about all this in the next week or two. Now at his introductory press conference, Eli Drinkwitz talked about running what he called a pro-tempo style offense. And to be quite frank, I never knew exactly what that is. So I was glad somebody asked him in this latest Zoom press conference to drill down on it. And drill down on it, he did. Yeah, it's um, pro-style concepts, tempo-based. We're going to play with rhythm attack and execute. And uh, yeah. Pro-style concepts, tempo-based means we'll be able to play as fast as we want to, as slow as we need to, in order to affect the defense. Okay, as I listen back to that soundbite, that is still pretty vague, isn't it? But you know what? What really struck me about it is the idea that Eli is willing to vary his tempo based on the circumstances and based on however he believes at that time he can most affect the game in a positive sense for Missouri. And the reason I think this is a positive development, a positive sign for this offense is because, frankly, during the Josh Heupel era, the first two seasons of Barry Odom football, you know, I've always liked the warp speed tempo, but use it sparingly. Use it when it makes sense, because sometimes you can go too fast for your own good. Sometimes you want to come up to the line of scrimmage, take your time, figure out exactly where the defense is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then there are other times where, yes, if you've caught them in a 35-yard gain and they're scrambling to get to the other side of the field to flip the field and boundary safeties and linebackers, well, yeah, you can catch them. Not only can you catch them not ready, you can catch them offsides, get a free play. So the benefits are obvious, but I just like that Eli is seems like he's relying on a bit more of a balance there than Josh Heupel did or does, down in UCF. And you know what? Speaking of offense, let's hear how far along Eli thinks this offense is so far and some thoughts on some wide receivers right after this. The two Missouri wide receivers that I really liked from the 2018 campaign, the young guys, were Jalen Knox and Cam Scott. And certainly you couldn't have found two much more disappointing players on the Missouri roster in 2019. And with Cam Scott now having transferred 
Well, it's all back to Jalen Knox. Again, a guy I really was impressed with, especially showed out in that Florida game, big Missouri win down in Gainesville, I remember. But, you know, I thought that was one of Derek Dooley, his biggest failing, the offensive coordinator for Missouri last season, was just not being creative enough and finding ways to maybe move guys like Knox around the field, maybe put them in bunch-type formations to be able to get them off man coverage a little easier. Just a lack of creativity there certainly bothered me. But I was just curious to hear what Eli's thoughts were on Jalen Knox. And, well, let's hear those right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a hard worker. That's first and foremost. He's a good person. I like his personality. I like being around him. He's got incredible speed, good hands. He he really wants to be good. And we've got to do a better job offensively of getting him the ball in space. We're going to have to be creative and finding ways for him to touch it. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to have to be somebody that, that touches the ball with, with Larry and, and Tyler and some other guys. So I like the idea that he's – of course, I like that he's praising him as a good kid, all that stuff. That's a good sign. I don't think he's the type of guy that's just going to hang his head and give up or anything. So anytime you're analyzing character, I'm big on work ethic. So I like hearing that about Jalen Knox. Certainly some positive signs there. And speaking of positive signs – at the receiver position, well, there's a young man named Deontay Smith who apparently was on the Mizzou track team fairly recently. And, well, let's hear what Eli had to say about him. Yeah, Deontay Smith's a, a walk-on um, that uh, I believe ran track here. And, and uh, we got some tape on him and, and uh, was really impressed with his speed in high school. And he's done a nice job so far in fall camp, earned a number. Um, you know, scored a touchdown in the last scrimmage. Uh, so he, he continues to, to find his way up the depth chart uh, with consistency. So we like him. So while I don't necessarily expect Deontay Johnson to be fighting for a starter's role, to be first string from week one or anything like that, who knows? Maybe he could be the next Barrett Bannister type player, a guy who was a walk-on, ends up carving out a role on that 2019 offense and ending up being a reasonably effective player for a bad offense, obviously. So Deontay Johnson, certainly a name to keep an eye on, well, throughout the season, but certainly as we make our way through camp here. But you know what? In general, I just want to close it out here with just sounding, just give Eli a chance to answer, well, what does the offense in general look like at this point? Well, we've probably got a a good indication that the defense is ahead of the offense, but Let's just hear Eli's specifics anyway as we close this baby out. Yeah, we're not very far along. Uh, we got a long way to go. Um, the challenge has just been inconsistency. Um, we're just we're inconsistent in a lot of uh, execution plays and understanding what we got to do, whether it's quarterback, whether it's protection, whether it's routes. Um, you know, we, we didn't have that time in the spring to, to – learn it and rep it and and football is all about reps so we're trying to manufacture as many reps as quickly as we can and and uh, yep and yep indeed that's about all you can say at this point it's been a bizarre period for Eli Drinkwitz but quite honestly you know he seems like a forward-looking guy a confident guy certainly a guy who's not going to wilt in the face of these new challenges so you know what I couldn't be happier that we have the guy around as of now. Indeed, he is very much still on the honeymoon with me. So, with all that being said, hope you guys like the new intro because it's going to stick around for a while. 
But you know what? For now, we're still going to close with For Old Missouri. So enjoy that. And until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.